the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True North AM 1460 FM 101.1. The Answer. Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. or via podcast. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Shining a light on the leaders and luminaries of today and tomorrow. You're listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs. All right, good Saturday morning. You are listening to True North. That means it's 8 o'clock in the morning in Southern Colorado. Ah, wake up. Get out of bed. It's a little cloudy out there, but we'll live. It is a great football day here in Southern Colorado, and I don't care if you're an Air Force Falcon fan or not. You got to be excited. The Falcons are 8 and 0. They're headed to Empower Stadium in Denver today to meet the Army. Uh, this is the only team that stands in their way between us and the Commander in Chief trophy staying right here in Colorado Springs. The number 17 Falcons take on Army today at Empower Field. 12.30 p.m. kickoff. It'll be on CBS if you can't make the drive, but I highly encourage you to run up there, grab a ticket, because this is going to be a historic game. A lot on the line. Uh, Commander-in-Chief trophy and maintaining that perfect record uh, to hopefully get to 9-0. and uh, So congratulations to Coach Calhoun and company. I know if uh, I know anything about Coach, he's telling the boys, just keep your head down, do your job. Uh don't don't read the papers right now. Uh, you've you've got work to do. We're not quite done with this season, but uh, wow, it has been fun to watch them. They got one more home game here at Falcon Stadium later in the month of of November. So uh, you want to see one of the top performing teams in the nation uh, get out to Falcon Stadium uh, for the last game of the home season here in Colorado Springs. Uh, Eight o'clock tonight, uh, Colorado takes on number sixteen Oregon State. Uh, out there in Oregon. And then, of course, you know, I can't get out of here without talking about the SEC a little bit. Uh, Ole Miss, my Ole Miss Rebels, number 11, taking on Texas A&M at home in Hemingway Stadium. That's today at 10 o'clock on ESPN. And you can, uh, you know, grab a soft surface and a cold beer. Well, maybe a a warm, hot coffee with a little something-something in it. And uh, enjoy the Ole Miss Rebels taking on A&M. you know, this is a great game, but as uh, Kiffin has said multiple times, this, for all intents and purposes, uh, Texas and a- A&M is a professional football program, and they are not to be ignored. Even though they're unranked and have had a few bumps along the way, uh, Ole Miss needs to keep their nose down as well and make sure they walk away with a win today. Georgia, number one in the country, still takes on Mizzou and Athens. Uh, that's on CBS as well. And, of course, number 14, LSU, and number 8, Alabama, uh, meet on CBS at 1030 this morning. Uh, That is going to be a great game. 
And uh, somebody is walking out of Tuscaloosa today with another loss. Uh, I don't really care who loses this game. I just don't uh, because it helps Ole Miss. Wouldn't be bad if it's Bama because 14 LSU is underneath us at the moment. Uh, But we got to do our job in Oxford today. Um, Again, don't really care who wins the Bama LSU game. But uh, it's going to be fun to see who doesn't win and what they look like when that game is over. All right, well, we are back, uh, you know, this weekend. It's it's a, it's a great time uh, of, of season. We're going into our local shopping season here. It is November now, officially. And I want to encourage all of our listeners throughout the region here in Southern Colorado to shop local. Uh, Amazon's great. Amazon.com, you know, all of it's great, and it's convenient. If you forget something or you can't get something right away, that's a great alternative. But... What I want to encourage is you to explore all the different shops in the downtown centers of each of these communities. Uh, check out the restaurant scene. You know, shopping local is a good economic decision. It helps keep our restaurant tours healthy. It helps keep our merchants healthy and all things economic development here in our region. You know, put those put those dollars right back here uh, in southern Colorado and uh, let them go to work for us. And uh, let's have a great holiday season folks. Uh, We're going to be hearing some holiday music all over the place. And of course, those bells uh, from the Salvation Army will be in front of a lot of stores. Make sure you stop by and say hi to those good folks. It's cold and, uh, you know, they do amazing work at the Salvation Army. So we want to make sure to give a shout out to those good folks. Another organization that does amazing work in this community uh, that you may or may not know is the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber, uh, the Concilio as it is known in the Hispanic and Latino community within the region. Uh, I have the privilege of spending the morning with Joe Aldaz, who is the executive director uh, and one of the most well-known community advocates in town. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dirk. I appreciate you having me on to this morning. Oh, I'm glad you're here, my friend. Well, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit first, because I know you've got some armed services background and you've served your country. Uh what do you think, Air Force today? I think Air Force today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I retired from the Air Force in 2004. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Zumi uh, Air Force Academy graduate. Nice. Graduated in 1983 and uh, served for 21 years. Uh, my primary career field was space operations, so uh, affiliated with Peterson Air Force Base and wow. everything they did there. And then I had the uh, the opportunity in my very last assignment to go back to the Air Force Academy and was the director of athletics and women's basketball coach at the Air Force Academy's no prep kidding. school for four and a half years. Wow. So that's where my connection uh, there to the athletic program. Uh, specifically, uh, I saw uh, Joe Scott's first journey with his teams, yeah. and he's back for a second time, so... Uh, his first uh, group of recruits were at the prep school when I came on board in 1999 there. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that won the Mountain West and went on to the NCAA tournament. So okay, it was a, a pretty neat journey to see them uh, accomplish so much. Indeed. Now, are you headed up to the game today or are you going to watch it from home? I'm going to watch it from home because I have uh, another uh, – hobby that I, I like to do on this first weekend of November is mm-hmm. I'm going to watch 
part of the Army Air Force game, and then I'm going to switch channels and watch the Breeders' Cup horse racing. No kidding. Yes. You're a horse so, guy. Yeah, I, I've i dabbled in the horse racing industry uh, since 1995 in various capacities. That is something I did not know about yes. you, Joe. Very yeah. cool. That's my little vice. That Your little vice. <laughs> it's an expensive vice, I would it imagine. It can be expensive. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get to know you real quick. Sure. I mean, where you come from, where were you born, all that good stuff. Well, I was born in a, in a small town in northern New Mexico. Everybody passes through there on their way to uh, to Texas, Raton, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was born and raised there, graduated from high school there in 1979, and uh, my parents uh, lived there up until 1997. My dad was a 37-year educator in New Mexico. My mom worked in the superintendent's office there in Raton. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually uh, moved down to a warmer climate uh, in southeastern New Mexico, in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Sure. Yeah. And that's where my brother was a, a firefighter. So uh, mm-hmm. that's where they... Uh, Finally, uh, set down to retire there, and uh, but have a lot of relatives still in, in New Mexico, so it's still kind of home. But uh, Tammy, my wife, uh, and I have kind of calculated the number of years I've spent. We've spent thirty-seven years in Colorado, so okay. we kind of say we're Colorado natives. And where'd you spent meet? More time. Where'd you meet Tammy? I met Tammy. She was my high school sweetheart in Raton. In Raton. No kidding. Her parents still live there. Uh, and she uh, followed me and, and kept stayed with me through my four years at the Air Force Academy. And in August, we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. So, Very good. Well, uh, how did you end up at the Air Force Academy? I mean, what was the lineage there? Any connection? There is really, really no connection. Yeah. Uh, the only military history that we had is my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, was in World War One. at the very end. He wound up uh, over in Europe right when the war was ending and then returned okay. pretty quickly. Thank God. And that was the only uh, military service. But we, since we lived in Raton, New Mexico, we'd come up to Colorado in the summer on vacations. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the destinations was the Air Force Academy. And we'd tour it and go up there to the chapel and uh, when I was about 12 or 13, I told my dad, I think I want to come here. Yeah. Not knowing what the process was, but, you know, maintained good grades, figured out what the process was when I uh, was in high school and applied. And magically, one of the congressmen in New Mexico nominated me and uh, I was made the cut and no entered in 1979. And you were a dually in 1979. Dually in 1979. And you made it. <laughs> And I made it. I was one of the, I was a cadet uh, back in that time. I don't know if you remember the poster of the the little cat kind of <laughs> over the edge. Something. That was kind of me. <laughs> Barely surviving academically, but still making it through. Very good. Did you, so, so did you want to be a pilot or something? Or You know, I never thought about being a pilot, but I, obviously, that you know, that was uh, something I thought about. But mm-hmm. in my junior year, I lost my... Uh, pilot qualification due to uh, some type of astigmatism in my right eye, which mm-hmm. that'll do it. That kind of did it. So, mm-hmm. you know, my options were intelligence or space operations. So I took space operations and thought I'd leave the state of Colorado, but I went up the road 50 miles to Buckley mm-hmm. Air National Guard Base at That's the time. Right. That was my first assignment. No kidding. Yep. And you gave us how many years, Joe? I gave you, I gave us 21 years. 21 years. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your service, Joe. Uh, sincerely. 
Much appreciated. And uh, wow, what the space conversation has changed these days. Definitely. You know, <laughs> I've talked exciting. to some former colleagues and there's been a huge evolution. You know, back in my day, we were, you know, it was Peterson Air Force Base. That's now right. it's Peterson Space Force Base. And now it is a Space Force. Mm-hmm. And they have their Star Trek uniforms now and everything like that. And so, the insignia. The insignia. <laughs> Lots of change. Very cool. Well, we're hanging out with Executive Director for the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. Uh, This conversation is going to get interesting here, folks, because, you know, the Hispanic population here in the region uh, is approaching 20 percent. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in this community. It's a rich culture, wonderful, warm people. And I want to get to know this part of our, our community here and also what the Hispanic Chamber does. So hang out with us for a bit more. We're back in a moment with Joe Aldell. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com Back here with True North Second Quarter, I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. Quick shout out to Ramos Law. Thank you so much for underwriting this program. We do appreciate you because we get to meet people like Joe uh, understand their role in the community and what's happening in the region. It is a uh, nice fall Saturday, a uh, great day for a football game up at Empower Field. The number 17 Falcons go up against the Army, and uh, hopefully we retain that Commander-in-Chief trophy today. It's a big deal. Uh, but hopefully the boys have fun and uh, have a great day, come out of there with a big W. So be rooting for them. If you're sitting on your couch or if you're headed up to Denver today, be careful. Uh, make sure you don't drink and drive all that good stuff. Come home safe so you can watch the final home game here at Falcon Stadium later in the month of November. As the Falcons head to, they're probably headed to a pretty decent bowl game this year, Joe. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's it's not going to be the Idaho Potato Bowl this year. It will not be that bowl this year. <laughs> I mean, if we uh, stay in that group of five, we could be going to the Fiesta Bowl. Wouldn't that be something? On New Year's Day, in, in, is it Phoenix, I think it is? Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, Glendale, so, somewhere near. Hey, <laughs> we might take take uh, a trip down there. Yeah, well. Get, and, into that warm weather. And a big-name program, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Notre Dame or somebody like that. So, well, let's, let's yeah, not let's get just, ahead of ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we were getting to know you from Raton, and you and Tammy, uh, high school sweethearts, got together, and, and uh, you've done an extraordinary career uh, 21 years of your life dedicated to the United States Air Force, and uh, you were in the space. Uh, what was then kind of a kind of a germinating space program, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. You no, know, it's just still it was still evolving, and now you can see the maturity of the program uh, to the point you know they've stood up their own separate uh, space force. So I know a lot of growth in that, and just shows you the importance of uh, being having the capability in space to potentially fight a war. Did you, in that, you know, that uh, spectrum. Did you ever envision, like in 79 or any time thereafter, uh, that we would have a bona fide Space Force? No. no yeah. You don't envision that. You know, as a, a young lieutenant, 
I didn't even know what the space operation field was really was until I went through the training and then uh-huh. kind of started to understand, you know, what we were supposed to be doing and uh-huh. and the impact that it had on, on the military. So Indeed. Well, uh, your career ended uh, how long ago? It ended in 2004. Okay. And then from there, uh, the natural... Uh, pathway was because we're such a big defense contractor industry here. Mm-hmm. I uh, uh, had a uh, position with a small space company here. Okay, served there for about eighteen months, and they politely told me that we need to lay you off. We don't have enough work. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> and I said, you know, I don't know that I want to do space type work as a civilian for the rest of my life. Okay. So kind of made a transition into other to other types of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my roles was uh, kind of, I'm kind of the, a jack of all trades, master of none. Didn't <laughs> really know what I wanted, want to do still sometimes. Right. But uh, I had a role with the, uh, the USO. Uh, I was the Rocky Mountain Regional Director, built the first USO center at Fort Carson in 2008. Nice. And was overseeing operations at the Denver International Airport. I did that for a little over five years. And being in the military, you kind of get antsy and go, well, I'm supposed to be getting an assignment, mm-hmm. which I'm a civilian. There's no assignments. But <laughs> So I uh, threw my name in the hat for a position down in Pueblo, Colorado. It was a K-12 charter school, uh, Chavez Huerta Preparatory Academy. Kind of set on the fringes of education, but threw my name in the hat for the executive director. About two months later, I got a call. Well, you're one of the final six, and I didn't even remember applying for it. <laughs> I said, what's this position? They said, right. oh, I said, okay, I'll go down and interview. A uh, couple weeks later, narrowed it down to three finalists to uh, interview for a half a day with three different committees down in Pueblo. So I was one of the three. Uh, when I showed up and saw the other finalists, I said, there's no way they're mm-hmm. going to uh, hire somebody that isn't a rank and file educator who's been a principal. Sure. You've done all that work. and But I interviewed, and uh, uh, at the time, I was uh, a part-time assistant coach at Pine Creek High School okay. basketball the boys team. And this was February of 2000 and uh, uh, probably 2012. Mm-hmm. And we were playing in the state playoffs in Denver. So I get a call from these uh, gentlemen that was running the search committee. So it's about 7.15. The game starting at 7.30 that evening. I said, well, I better answer this. Probably going to say, hey, you know. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. (laughs) So I answer it. And he says, well, the board has met. And uh, they've unanimously selected you to be the next executive director. I'm going (laughs) Oh, Uh-oh. okay. <laughs> now what? <laughs> and I said, well, can you give me about 48 hours to kind of you know digest this and think about it? And mm-hmm. he said, oh, for sure. Because I said, hey, we're just getting ready to start a state playoff game here, and I need to help the head coach. And he yeah. said, no problem. So Beauty. I, I landed that, was there for about three years, and then got the opportunity to move on from that position to uh, be the first executive director for the Center for American Values there on the Riverwalk wow. down there in Pueblo. Yeah. And dealt with a lot of the Medal Honor recipients, unveiling of their personal portraits there in the center. We also uh, uh, 
had a character development program for uh, elementary schools as well. Mm -hmm. So we taught uh, character through the stories of the Medal of Honor recipients as well. That's neat, Joe. And finally, uh, made my transition back up to Colorado Springs and was in the veteran space Mm -hmm. uh, from 2017 until just recently. As you know, I was balancing a part-time, this has a part-time role with the Hispanic Chamber Mm -hmm. and also had a full-time position with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families out of Syracuse University. That's right, yeah. And the pro, one of the programs there was a program called Onward to Opportunity. And I started the program here through Fort Carson. And basically the program provides the opportunity for transitioning service members who are six months from separating veterans and military spouses to get training that leads to certifications in IT, project management, and HR. Very good. It's a free program. It's a privately corporate funded program. Uh, it was at 19 military installations across the country. We were one of them. And it was just uh, a great uh, opportunity to see the impact we were making on the military community but by providing them those free certifications that lead to some very meaningful employment here mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs. And very rewarding. We trained upwards of 1,500 military family-connected no members kidding. in that role mm-hmm. and Thought at that time here, this was have been uh, March of this year. I said, you know, I think I want to put all of my passion into the Hispanic Chamber mm-hmm. of Commerce, and was going to resign from Syracuse University. But when I was getting ready to out process through HR, they said, "Well, you have uh, been with Syracuse for five continuous years, so do you want to retire?" And I said. Well, can I retire? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, you can retire if you've worked for five consecutive years. So sounds better that I retired from Syracuse versus <laughs> resigning. So yeah. I've retired twice in my career. And I'm putting all my passion in trying to, you know, move the Hispanic Chamber forward and sustain it in, you know, in the long term. Indeed. So, hey, And full disclosure for the listeners here, I, I'm a honored board member uh, of the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. Uh, a lot of you might recognize that um, I hail from Miami, Florida, South Florida. I basically grew up in the Hispanic and Latino and Caribbean community. And uh, when I found this opportunity, Joe approached me uh, about two years ago. I said, absolutely. Because um, I love the culture. I love the the spirit of humanity. And, um, you know, but it, of course, it's a lot more than that, Joe. It's, it's uh, we have an emerging Hispanic population here in El Paso County, uh, lots of business owners and operators out there. And of course, um, you know, it, it's just part of who we are here. It's in our DNA. So what attracted you to the Hispanic chamber job originally? Well, you know, I had really had no ties to the Hispanic chamber, but in 2016, it had been reestablished. Mm-hmm. It had closed its doors in 2009. Okay. And, uh, in 2018, they had contacted me to be on their board. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll try it out for a year. And uh, that summer, it evolved into being the volunteer board chair. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll serve out his term. And, you know, then to continue to be on the board. Well, that turned out to be almost two years as their volunteer <laughs> board chair, mm-hmm. right until the pandemic started. But I just see it as an emerging market here and uh, can make huge impact. 
and the population continues to grow to where in, it's projected in by 2040 time frame, we could be 40% of the population just mm-hmm. here in El Paso County. Very good. So that ties into more business and uh, something that I think I we need to create and develop here, that ecosystem. We do. We need to do it intentionally. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right because uh, it is a, a, a substantial part of the community. Well, um, you're doing an amazing job with the Hispanic Chamber, and we'll get into what we do and how we do it and why. Uh, but before we do, um, <laughs> you've, you've, when you were on the side of that football field and you got that phone call, uh, certainly that was a celebratory moment for you. Uh, what is your jam song, Joe? My, one of my jam songs is Thunderstruck by ACDC. What a great one. Back with Joe Aldez in just a moment. The news and events that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. All right, we're back here. Third quarter of True North. Glad you're with us. I am your host, Eric Hobbs. Again, thank you, Ramos Law, for helping to underwrite this program and get us in front of people who are moving the needle here in Southern Colorado, particularly here in Colorado Springs. We're with Joe Aldaz, the executive director for the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. We've been getting to know Joe and his journey, uh, 21-year service in the Air Force for space operations and uh, now he is running one of the most uh, ambitiously growing chambers in the region, the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. Joe, welcome back, brother. Thanks, Dirk. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you being here. Well, let's get to know the chamber a little bit, uh, what it is and, and what it does. Sure. Well, the, the Hispanic Chamber has had a, a storied history. It was first incorporated in 1989, mm-hmm. had a pretty great run up until the early 2000s, and then... Uh, Ironically, in 2006, I was approached after I uh, moved on from the de- my defense contracting position mm-hmm. to uh, be their CEO. Didn't know anything about chambers. Uh, they said, we need you, you to come and rebuild the membership, professionalize our board. So I said, sure, I'll take on that opportunity and uh, built the, the membership back up. Got a lot of high uh, caliber professionals on the board. And uh, when I left in 2007, two years later, they closed its doors, obviously. Mm-hmm. As a member-sponsored driven organization, you have to be out there really grinding it on a day-to-day basis to yep. capture that revenue to run operations. Which you do. And, and, <laughs> and in 2016, they reestablished it as the Colorado Springs Hispanic Business Council. Okay. And uh, four community leaders uh, created it. And when I came on the board, as I mentioned in 2018, I asked the question, why is it called the Business Council? Well, because of kind of the history of the chamber. Well, I think that created a little bit of a messaging problem because Mm -hmm. what does the Business Council do? You know, is it a bunch of old Latino gentlemen sitting in a coffee shop discussing how they're going to solve problems? (laughs) I don't know. Right. But um, 
one of the things I did when I uh, became the board chair is I added the tagline at the end of the council, the Hispanic Chamber. So now everybody knows that, hey, we operate as a a chamber of commerce. Very good. And uh, so that's kind of been the journey. Uh, When I took over as the volunteer board chair, we had 22 members. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are approaching 300 members as we speak today. So we've had a, a... Huge trajectory in the in uh, what we're doing. I've gained some national and regional recognition as well. We I know. Were, we were the uh, 2022 Small Chamber of the Year, uh, recognized by the United States Hispanic Chamber uh, last year. So Congratulations, I think Jim. it's a testament to the work that we're trying to do in the community, the results that we're getting based on the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the role of the Hispanic Chamber here in this community? Well, our role is we want to promote, advocate, and serve Hispanic-owned and multicultural businesses here in uh, Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And the way we're doing that is, like any chamber, we host networking events. We do a quarterly luncheon. And we also have a, a menu of programming that we are uh, continue to develop, one of them that is beginning to gain a high profile and we just initially launched it is the Avanzar small business accelerator program. Uh, We were chosen as a new market uh, about three or four months ago by the United States Hispanic chamber. If we had an interest in uh, hosting this program and we took it on, Uh, we have a very seasoned uh, gentleman named Zach Barker Mm -hmm. who is leading the program uh, he's been in this space for over 20 years, so it was a very easy fit. Uh, our curriculum is very comprehensive, and we weren't too uh, optimistic that we'd get a whole lot of business owners. We said if we get 10 or 15 to, to launch it, be great. Mm-hmm. But we currently have 32 business owners in the program right now going mm-hmm. through the 12-week program. That's a terrific uh, statement. Right. And our goal is to do it on a quarterly basis beginning in 2024 mm-hmm. uh, to build that e- small business ecosystem here in Colorado Springs, which serves all the larger businesses and corporations here that we see in Colorado Springs. Yep. So we think it's a very important uh, sector of our, our business community. And then through our Education Foundation, uh, we established the Adelante Leadership Institute, which is a 10-month fellow program. The reason that this was established is we need to create more diversity on our nonprofit boards and commissions here in Colorado Springs. I've served on various boards uh, since I retired, and I just feel that there's a need as our population and changes that there needs to be a voice for the Hispanic community Mm -hmm. on these boards of influence here. So this program is very different than leadership Pikes Peak, the Colorado Springs Leadership Institute. It's more applicable leadership skills, but it's focused on the style of Latino, Latinas type leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talks about the history, the identity of the Latinos in our country. And we also provide, uh, very applicable skills such as personal uh, personal branding and networking, which we know in Colorado Springs you have to be big very deal. network. It's a big deal here. Yep. Emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. why style matters. We bring in a, a great lady named Lynette Jones that talks about your your personal image. You know how you should be look looking when you're networking and, and, and at events. 
That's to, terrific. To have that professional. So some image. of the softer skills as softer well. Softer skills. Yeah. And then at the very last session we do in the 10-month program is board governance training. Mm-hmm. So every one of our fellows, if they have not served on a board, knows what their role is to go and, and, and serve. And so, is this exclusively for Latino applicants? It's not exclusive for Latino applicants. We, we have a composition of 25 seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like to have 15 of those seats, uh, Latinos or Latinas. Got it. But then I have uh, made it a point to have two seats through the Black Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. two seats through the Women's Chamber, mm-hmm. uh, two seats for uh, our Colorado Rising Professionals Organization, and two seats for Pikes Peak State College, which has provided us classroom space right. that we use. And then we have two at large. So I look to those other organizations to um, network to their their groups and see who may be interested in participating in the program. So, uh, Are there scholarship opportunities? There are scholarship opportunities. It's a very reasonable tuition for the 10 months. It's $1,500. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like it's very appealing to... Uh, some organizations, as an example, Harrison School District uh, put two in the program this year. Very good. Because of the cost of the program. And we've looked to it to grow here in the the future years and just be another alternative leadership pathway, more affordable to get the type of leadership that they need to go out there and become engaged in. Charge to start to start to change that complexion of our our boards here. In Absolutely, yeah. Board composition is a big deal. Um, now, when folks graduate from this program, they have a fellowship. They have a, they're, they they are a fellow. They are a fellow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, right? And I mean, what board doesn't want that? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's already becoming attractive. Uh, we had our graduation in October. We graduated twelve fellows. And two of them are already be are are already being considered for board service right now. That's terrific. So, and just based on my network being in the community, I'm going to kind of help them along the way to say, "Hey, what's your interest in service? Are you do you like um, animals? Do you like uh, food insecurity?" Mm-hmm. And working with those nonprofit CEOs and board chairs, I think we can create a pathway for them to be considered for some of these boards. Well, if that's of interest to the folks listening here, Joe, how, how do they start the process of getting to know what the Adelante program is and how do they register? Sure. They can go to our website, uh, cshispanicchamber.com, and there's a link for the Adelante Leadership Institute. It tells you about the program. Uh, it has the schedule that we use this year. for the. It's a 10-month program, and basically it's two sessions in the evening in January back-to-back and then one session per month afterwards through September. Mm-hmm. And then in October we have a graduation and reception. But they can do the application there. There's a link to complete it there. That's available and open now. Our deadline uh, for applying is December 1st. So mm-hmm. we're already getting interest on that. And as I said, you know, if, if cost is a factor, we do have some limited scholarships that have been provided to us from some uh, great donors in the community. That's terrific. Now, are you planning to ex- continue to expand the program as interest continues to increase? Uh, well, you know, we hope we can get 25 each, you know, each session. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I think will be our max. So okay. it will be a slow, pretty you know, exclusive pipeline, class, but yeah. it's a, it, you know, it's, I think it's, it's going to give a lot more options for leadership training here in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs and, I think it will, you know, it will be something, you know, that other 
sponsors and corporations will see has value because when we're looking to bring in corporations, that can be a selling point to them too, to say, Hey, when you invest in our company or our, our organization, you may want to consider some of your staff members to become involved in this program as mm-hmm. you develop their leadership skills within your organization. I love it, my friend. I mean, you've got hard skills, you've governance. Uh, people are going to know what they do when they apply for a board position. They're going to understand uh, everything from Robert's Rules of Order all the way out to real, true governance right. uh, for respective boards. So, And, of course, the soft skills, you know, really presenting yourself professionally and well. And I love the fact that you're including the Colorado Springs Black Chamber, uh, the Women's Chamber, and, of course, uh, other other factions within the uh, community to uh, apply for the Adelante Scholarship. That's cshispanicchamber.com. And uh, if you want to call Joe, you can do so at 719-231-5353. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get a little more into some of the programming and how you can get involved in the Hispanic Chamber. Back in a moment. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. All right, we're back here on a Southern Colorado football weekend. You're listening to True North. Uh, i got about 15 minutes left with one of the uh, most prolific gentlemen in the community. I'm with Joe Aldez. He's chief executive over at the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. Quite a gentleman and uh, uh, somebody who served our nation, as well as uh, a number of other uh, professional endeavors, including a stint with Syracuse University in helping folks get uh, certifications in the IT sector uh, so they could put their themselves to work and uh, bring home a, a good livelihood. Right now, he's uh, heading up one of the fastest-growing chambers in the region, the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber. You know, we're a microcosm of what is otherwise a $3.2 billion GDP in the United States. It's one trillion. Trillion. Trillion dollar. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's a big deal. This is an emerging market and, uh, you know, Joe, it's, it's well past time, uh, to, uh, understand what the Hispanic community brings to the table. Right. I mean, I mean, they're bringing business, you know, one of the fastest growing entrepreneurial sectors are Latino owned businesses in this country. That's terrific. So it's an emerging market uh, and we want to be there as a Hispanic chamber, to help them gain the resources necessary to grow their business and be uh, see prosperity mm-hmm. and create that generational wealth within their business for their families. Absolutely. Which is very important for success in this country. And we're doing it here in Southern mm-hmm. Colorado and in Colorado Springs in particular. I mean, we see about 20% of the population here has, has presented as Hispanic or Latino background. 
And they are building businesses. They're working for companies. They're leading companies. And uh, they're building independent, private, small entrepreneurial businesses. Uh, And you've got some great programs to help shepherd folks as they move from concept to actually planting their business in the market. Uh, A couple of great programs. One is the Adelante program. If if you're looking to uh, uh, sharpen your professional skills and become a fellow uh, board member, uh, for a particular organization in town and learn board governance and things like that. The Adelante program is terrific. You got a deadline coming up though for applications. Deadline is December 1st mm-hmm. for uh, completing the application. And it's about $1,500 for the year. It's about 10 month commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that, within those months, Joe, what's, what's the commitment? And they will attend one session per month mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of January. It's two sessions back to back to kind of, you know, uh, gain some camaraderie with their their fellow uh, individuals participating in the program. And then they'll meet once a month in the evening from 5 to 9 mm-hmm. through September. So it's not too intensive to where it's just a, a huge lift for an individual. We wanted to make it uh, manageable because people have lives and they're running businesses and families. And, and it seemed like this uh, type of uh, schedule worked well for the 12 fellows Absolutely. we had in it this year. And then, of course, you have your accelerator program, which is really taking yeah. off. That one's taking off. You know, we have 32 businesses in it. They're going into their fifth session, as a matter of fact, today. No kidding. Uh, their yeah. fifth evening session. Uh, and they're getting uh, all of the different tools that you need to grow a business. How do you create a marketing plan? What should your business plan look like? What is your customer profile look like? Mm-hmm. All of those uh, pieces and one uh, session that they'll have that usually a lot of accelerator programs really don't dive deep into is we'll have a specific session on access to capital. Very good. Because they need to know that, yeah. well, I want to build my business. You've given me these tools. Well, how do I gain capital to grow it? Mm-hmm. So every financial institution has different types of programs. Uh, I'm connecting uh, Zach Barker with a lot of them because they reached out to me to say, hey, here's uh, our our contact. Figure out how you can uh, be integrated into that session and the types of products that you can provide to these small business owners. Yep. So you're still building underneath it uh, subject matter experts from various categories. Definitely. Definitely. Very good. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the listener who may have a business right now, um, regardless of whether or not they are Hispanic or, or Latino. Uh, what would be the value proposition that you would tell them to join the Hispanic? Well, the Chamber? value proposition is uh, this is the emerging market. Yeah, uh, our non-white Hispanics want to learn how to penetrate that Hispanic market. Mm-hmm. So that this is a segue to that. Uh, we also have opportunities to connect uh, in different networking type events. We have our quarterly business luncheons. We do a different twist to those luncheons. Uh, we don't bring in a specific business person to talk about a business topic. We bring in somebody that has been in business but can l- bring an inspirational message to you so you leave inspired wanting to be a better person, which I think in turn will help you run your business and just be better as a person. Yep. And as you know, the events that you've been to, uh, especially the one that we had in June of this year, where we brought in Vince Papale, mm-hmm. who was the subject of the Disney movie Invincible that came out in 2006. 
the vibe in that room was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. And people got a great message from him. You know, how did he overcome barriers to make the Philadelphia Eagles as a, a walk on at 30 years old Mm -hmm. and the, how you overcome those barriers and become successful. Well, those are some of the things you have to overcome in business as well. In the intrinsic stuff. So, so we bring those types, our next luncheon that we have in December to end the year uh, well-known in this community, very inspirational gentleman, is uh, Chef Brother Luck. Mm-hmm. He'll be, be uh, talking about his journey. And, you know, it's the end of the year. Uh, who knows? We'll probably have Santa there as well. Well, that's a good sort of That'll be anyway. a good thing. So. <laughs> well, Joe, one of the things that kind of precedes the reputation of the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber is is the fact that you do get these amazing speakers and presenters to come in. Um you know, you, for, not just for your lunches, but for your annual event, which mm-hmm. your marquee event, which is La Vida. Yeah, La Vida is our big uh, marquee premier event. It's like our equivalent to an annual gala, which we know this time of the year we can go to one on every Friday and <laughs> Pretty Saturday. Close, yep. <laughs> so in 2019, we said, what can we do differently that kind of sets us apart from the going to an annual gala? So mm-hmm. we thought about La Vida. Uh, I was, went to Denver to talk with the Denver Hispanic CEO. They do an event called Sabor, which has been running for probably up towards the 15 years. Nice. Same type of event. And mm-hmm. I asked the CEO, can I replicate this in some part? He said, sure. So we had it planned for 2020. We knew what happened there. COVID. I launched it in 2021, our first one. And it's an outdoor Latin culture event. You come in, uh, sample Small bites of cuisine. We have distilleries and brews with small pours. And then we have three live bands that perform throughout the evening at the Country Club of Colorado at the Sham Mountain Resort. Just mm-hmm. a very some fun-filled summer casual business connecting event. And then we have a VIP area where we bring in a, some Latin talent from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we were able to bring in um, Isai Morales. Wow. Who, uh, from La Bamba fame. Yep. Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible wow. 7. He was the villain in that. Uh, mingled with our VIP guest, but he was just such an accessible gentleman. He yeah, went he out really into was. our red carpet area, which is an area where all of our guests come and get a free uh, souvenir photo. Mm-hmm. And he took photos with uh, our guests for probably over an hour. Yeah, he sure did. I remember. So it's just a very fun filled event. And uh, we had we grew from 2022 from about 470 guests to close to 700 guests this past summer. Well, and the thing I love about La Vida, it is not your typical chamber event. I mean, A, you're outdoors. It's a summer event. Uh, it's pretty casual. Uh, I mean, you can dress up or you can dress down, uh, put a Hawaiian shirt on or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but the thing I loved about it, it's like a street fair almost, mm-hmm. you know, and you really f- kind of get a sense you're immersed in the culture a little bit. You've got, uh, you know, mariachi bands kind of roaming a little bit. You've got traditional dress and dance. And of course, you have those Latino artists on stage and right. then you bring in a very special guest. And of course, all that food sampling and everything else. It's just a fun environment. It's kind of beachy out there, mm-hmm. you know, at Cheyenne Mountain. And it's just a great, 
great event. And uh, it's definitely not your typical bank party with wine and cheese, right. <laughs> you know. And then we try to bring in some of the, you know, the, the, the mascots here in the community that make it fun, too. You know, we, Absolutely, had, the, we yeah. had the bird That's right. from the academy. We had Ziggy from the switchbacks this year. So yeah, it's good they stuff, love man. to mingle and take photos. a car show, and, too. And we have a car show. Yeah. So people come in. Kind of That's kind of the... The, the appetizer, as you walk in, we have a car show. And and one of the things we added this year as an element is we want to recognize our Excellencia Business Award there recipients. And we did that for the first time this year in five different categories. So those award winners got some good exposure with a large crowd. Very good. Well, I want to encourage folks to take a look at the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber, both as a member, a corporate uh, sponsor for some of these events and programs that are really edifying, not just the Hispanic community, but the community in general. Uh, Joe, give us a 30-second commercial on the Hispanic well, Chamber. you know, uh, we would like you to consider being part of our organization. We have a lot of great programming that your organizations can be involved with. Uh, one thing I did fail to mention is as we continue to create our programming, we're going to host in November of next year the inaugural Latino Veterans Profiles Encourage Dinner. Love it. Where we're going to award four Latino veterans who live in this community. That is absolutely outstanding. Joe Aldez, Chief Executive at the Colorado Springs Hispanic Chamber, has been with us. Uh, listen to this program again on podcast. You can go to coloradomediagroup.com and check it out. Also, make sure you check out the North Magazine, the accompanying publication to this radio show. Uh, stay in touch with what's going on, who's doing what, and uh, get to know uh, organizations like the Fine Hispanic Chamber here in Southern Colorado. Joe, thanks for being with us, brother. Thanks, Dirk. I appreciate it. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your service and everything you're doing for the chamber. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, friends, we're over and out for True North this week. Have a great weekend. Go Falcons. You've been tuned in to True North. Till next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com